Greetings! On behalf of Pastor Joshua Lockett and Triad Christian Center, we welcome you to the Movement Podcast. 2019 is the year of the team player, and Pastor Josh challenges us to connect, join, and serve in the local ministry to advance the kingdom of God. We're glad you're joining us today, so let's tune in to this week's message. Tell your neighbor's neighbor, no matter who you are, God has called you to do something. Amen. And if you are a believer, you have a gift. Amen. Glory to God. So are we, at, are we in the book of Ruth? Okay. How many know Ruth is a good book? Amen. Now, let me just say this to you. I said this the other week, and I'll say it again. I don't know if I said it in the service or somewhere else, but, you know, Ruth sometimes is many times associated with a love story, and it's associated with a story of romance. Amen. How many know it's, it's, it's now obviously God, the whole book is a love story about God. Don't get me wrong. But I believe there, there, there are things in it that out of love, there should be a practical element to it. How does this love express itself? And so we see that in Ruth, the book of Ruth, there's more to the story than her just finding her Boaz. Amen. Now, for those of you that don't know Christianese, Boaz is a code name for your bay. Amen. And for those of you that don't know what bay means, it means your special someone. Amen. Hopefully, I connect with everybody through either Boaz, bay, or your special someone. Amen. If you don't know what bay means, just go talk to another generation. They'll help you out. Amen. You got bay. You got boo. I don't know if it's somebody else. Amen. You got somebody you talking to. You got somebody. What, what's the other term? What's the other level? Talking to. We just talking. Uh, we exclusive. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. That we go. We, that's my, uh, what's Bonnie and Clyde? What's the, what's the, what's the, what's the, what's the people that uh, chase the world together? It's Bonnie and Mind and Clyde, yeah. So whoever it is, regardless of the case, wherever they are, this is not just a story about that. Amen. I say all that to say this. Okay, so Ruth is a story about a, a woman who she faced tragedy. Her husband died. And not only did her husband die, but her sister-in-law's husband died as well. And so that basically means that there was a lot of death in the family. Ruth, Naomi's, who was the mother-in-law, her husband died. And, and they were basically left without any men. Say any men. Or any men you could find. So they were, they were struggling because back then if you didn't have men in your life, you didn't have security. Amen. And really particularly financial security. Go with me really quickly to Ruth chapter 3. Hold Ruth four, chapter 1 verse 8. And let's go to Ruth chapter 3 verse 1. It says, one day Naomi said to Ruth, my daughter, it's time that I found a what? Home for you so that you will be what? Okay, so, and then she goes, verse 2, she goes on to say, Boaz is a close relative of ours, and he's been very kind by letting you gather grain with his women, with his young women. Tonight he will be winnowing barley at the threshing floor. Why do I show you this? Because she was basically saying, honey, I, I can't take care of you one, and you need to get a home that you can, you can be provided for. That's what she was saying. So we know that Ruth was struggling financially. How many know that financial struggles can be some of the biggest struggles we can face? This, okay? Why do people argue over money? Why do people get depressed over money? Why do people eat so much? I might not have no money, but I'm at least going to eat some. That's why you don't got money now. 
I'm going to go have a good time to take care of my hurt because I, I ain't got no more money. No. We, we, so obviously money is a big deal. So she was facing financial struggles. She was facing fatality because her husband had died. She was probably still grieving over that. And not only that, she had moved from her family. Okay? So she was in a brand new place. How many of you ever been in a brand new place in life? Amen? And so, so Ruth is really in a place of transition. So let's go back to Ruth chapter 1 verse 8 and just read a little bit. Because I believe that there's still something we can learn from, the, from Ruth because Ruth didn't just kind of have like a, a little passive relationship with the Lord. The Bible says she made the Lord her refuge. It says, but on the way, Naomi said to her two daughters-in-law, go back to your mother's homes and may the Lord do what? Reward you for your kindness to your husbands and to me. And this is what happened, verse 9. It says, may the Lord bless you with the what? security of another what? Marriage. Then she kissed them goodbye, and they all broke down and what? Wept. Verse 10. No, they said, we want to go with you to your people. Verse 11. But Naomi replied, why should you go on with me? Can I still give birth to other sons who could grow up to be your what? Now, I really believe the reason why she's saying this is because in Jewish culture, if, if, if the brother of someone died, the other brother would take the place of that brother and help make sure his legacy continued. So that's why she made such an emphasis on her having sons to grow up and be their husband. Because you've got to understand, there were other men around. But obviously, I believe it was key that she had her sons because that would help, that, that would help to carry on their legacy. So it says, sons who, would, who could grow up to be your husbands, verse 12. And then it says, know my daughters, return to your what? Parents' home for... I am what? To marry again. Amen. Glory to God. I, I'm not like Stella, and I can't get my groove back. Amen. So anyway, and she said, and even if it were possible, I could get my groove back, and I were to get married tonight and bear sons, then what? And she says, then what? She said, verse 13, she says, would you wait for them to grow up and refuse to marry someone else? No, of course not, my daughters. Things are far more what? Bitter, for how many ever been in a bitter situation? Says, things are far more bitter for me than for you. How many know sometimes it always seems worse in your, in your life than it does in other people's lives? It says, things are far more bitter for me than for you because the Lord himself has raised his fist against me. And verse 14 says something. And again, they wept together and Orpah, not Oprah, kissed her mother-in-law goodbye. But Ruth did what? So Orpah said, since you said it like that, I'm out of here. Ruth said, no, I'm going to cling what? Tightly. And so the Bible, it keeps on, it keep on going. In verse 15, it, she, verse 15, look, Naomi said to her, your sister-in-law has gone back to her people. In other words, she's returned back to her old way. She's returned back to what was familiar and to her gods. And, and Naomi says, you should do the same. Verse 16, it says, but Ruth replied, don't ask me to leave you and turn back. Wherever you what? Go, I will go. Wherever you live, I will live. Your people will be my people and your God will be my God. And verse 17 says, wherever you die, I will die and there I will be buried. May the Lord do what? Punish me, not just a little bit, but severely if I allow anything but death to separate us. So we know that Ruth had a strong conviction 
that she should not leave this widow woman. She had a strong conviction that this is what she was supposed to be doing. Amen? And, and, and so her conviction brought her commitment. And so in Ruth chapter 2, Ruth chapter 2, verse, verse, verse 8, it gives us a little bit more understanding. And I am going to give you some points, but I do want to map this out for you before we talk a little bit. It says, Boaz went over and said to Ruth, listen, my daughter, stay right here with us. This is after she's serving. She goes in this field and Boaz fields and starts serving. And it says, and Boaz notices her, and Boaz is her relative, and he notices her, and he can help her financially. It's all good. And he says, stay right here with us when you gather grain. Don't go to any other fields. It says, stay right behind the young women working in my field. Verse 9, it says, see which part of the field they are harvesting, and then follow them. I have warned the young men not to what? Roughly, and when you are thirsty, help yourself to water. They have drawn from the well. Verse 10 it says, Ruth fell at his feet and thanked him warmly. What have I done to deserve such kindness, she asked. I am only a foreigner. Verse 11, yes, I know Boaz replied, but I also know about everything you have done for who? Your mother-in-law. Tell your neighbors and neighbor, if Boaz can notice it, then you know the Lord notices it. And it says, I've, 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 I know about everything you have done for your mother-in-law. He didn't say anything about Orpha. Amen. He said, but I know everything you've done for your mother-in-law since the death of your what? Okay? That, that, that's powerful. That in the midst of tragedy, she can still commit and serve someone. And it says, I have heard how you left your what? Father and mother and your own land to do what? To live here among complete strength. In other words, she left something. Tell your neighbor, she left something. And it says in verse 12, May the Lord, the God of Israel, this is where we're going to really focus in on today, under whose wings you have come to take what? Refuge. May the Lord, the God of Israel, under whose wings you have come to take refuge, reward you partially, fully for what? you have done. Look at this in the KJV version, KJV King James version. It says, the Lord recompense thy work and a full reward be given thee of the Lord God of Israel, under whose wings thou art come to what? Now we know trust, we went over this this past Tuesday night, trust means to commit. Trust also means to plant, according to Jeremiah 17, verse 7 through 8. Trust means that I am, I am planting myself in the things of God. Now, as we end this series on planting, I believe that planting is basically saying, I'm making the Lord my refuge. Tell your neighbor, neighbor, I make the Lord my refuge. Now, why is it so key to make the Lord your refuge? Because if you don't make him your refuge, you'll more than likely make something else your refuge. Are y'all with me? What happens, now, now Ruth had every, listen to me closely, she had every reason to uproot. Her husband had died. She wasn't getting no more loving. She, she, she didn't have any money in the bank. She was struggling. She had every reason to uproot. By the way, she was dealing with a bitter woman. You know, it's easy to help people that are pleasant. It's hard to help people that are bitter. I mean, you know, I mean, some people, they're easy to help. Other people, they're difficult to help. Have you ever tried to go help somebody, and then you say, you know, they say, I need your help. They say, whatever you want to do for me, I'll take. And you go to try to help them, 
then they start getting specific with what they want. You say, the devil is a liar. You should take what I give you, right? But, but, but Ruth was one of those people that just, you never see her complaining. You never see her crying. You never see her whining. And yet she was able to still help a bitter woman. She was able to commit to the Lord in a bitter situation. We know she was committing to the Lord because the Bible says, under whose wings thou art come to trust. So this was way bigger. Listen to me closely. This was way bigger. Say way bigger than Naomi. Naomi was just the person that she was manifesting her trust to. So, you know, it's important that you realize this, that as we trust the Lord, trusting the Lord will have practical, uh, pr practical results. That means that when we trust the Lord, there are some things that we can do. And I'll talk about this a little bit more. Because her trust was in the Lord and not in Naomi, I believe the problem between the difference between her and Orpah was that Orpah was trusting in Naomi for her deliverance. And that's why when Naomi said, this won't work, guess what, guess what Orpah did? She said, all right. But that's not what God said. Naomi said, I mean, Ruth said, you know what? No, 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 no. I don't care what she says. She probably ain't thinking straight anyway because she's angry. So I'm going to stay committed to the Lord in this situation. And Boaz says, you're not trusting in Naomi. You're trusting in the who? The Lord. And because you're trusting in the Lord, Jeremiah 17, verse 7 through 8 says that you have, made, you have planted yourself in him. So, here's the thing. If we don't make the Lord our refuge, we're apt to make something else our refuge. Let me make this, let me make this a little bit more practical for y'all. Y'all ready? Now, tell your name today. We're about to go down some roads. Amen. Amen. So, we're, we're, we're about to go down some streets. Now, mm, here's the question I have for you, a real big question. What do we do when we're stressed out? What do we run to when we're stressed out? Now, I already heard one, and that's a real good one. Some of us, when we're stressed out in life, we run to food. Food is our refuge. We don't eat two pieces of chicken. Amen. We say the Lord is doubling things now. We eat four pieces of chicken. Amen. We don't just get one Popeye's chicken sandwich. We say, why not? Let's do two Popeye's chicken sandwiches. Knowing good and well that our stomach is going to be telling us something later on. But because we're so stressed out, we feel like we have an excuse to overeat. So we run to food. We run to ice cream. Come on now. That's why so many of us got so many, we got so much, so many snacks in our desk at work. I mean, we got snacks all over the place. And you just got snacks here and there. You got pretzels, the glazed pre the pretzels with the fudge on the outside. And see, I'm calling that ain't a word of knowledge, y'all. I'm just saying. You got Twizzlers, glory. Y'all know Twizzlers ain't got no nutritional value whatsoever. You got a Frappuccino from Starbucks, glory to God. You got a big one, and then you got the now they got the brew coffee, the cold ice brew coffee that you get. You got that. You got about three shots of that in there. And, and, and you still find yourself stressed out. <laughs> so, we, so food is one of our refuges. What's another refuge? Another refuge for us sometimes is, is, is sometimes, yeah, shopping. We say, I might feel, I might, I might feel bad, but I'm going to go shop away my depression. And that lasts for about two seconds until you see your account. Amen. And when you see your account, you find out it's not a refuge. Amen. <laughs> it's hurting you. Amen. 
So sometimes shopping becomes our refuge. And I don't care how much, how many sales Nordstrom's have. By the way, Nordstrom, some of, the, some of those places, they just raise their prices up real high. Then they act like it's a deal. It ain't no real deal, bro. Can all the men say amen? Amen. It's not a deal. It's just they playing with your mind. Tell your name, say they're playing with your mind. Say, I'm trying to help you. Amen. So they jump the prices up. Then they take off two cents, and you think it's a deal. Then you get special. You go off and start comparing prices. That you go to Target somewhere. I got a deal because I compare the price. You didn't get a deal, amen. And, and, and so what, what, what we what we see is sometimes shopping can become our refuge. Food can become our refuge. Sometimes TV can become our refuge. What do we run to when we're distressed? I believe that Naomi's refuge, not Naomi, excuse me, Orpah's refuge was her past. She ran back to what she was brought out of. She ran back to her, what was familiar, her family. I believe, but, but, but anyway, back to TV, say TV. Amen. So we watched, we watched, we got all the series on TV. We got to get home after church today to go watch our favorite TV series. And we let the TV watch us. And sometimes we watch the TV. But regardless of the case, TV, football, y'all ain't talking to me. It's our refuge. Glory to God. And when, they, and when Cam Newton does what he does or doesn't do what he shouldn't do or whatever, we find refuge. You know, what do you, why do you think people go there and they have drinks in their hand? They have popcorn in their hand. It costs $10. And they, they, they say, that's a lie from the pits. I ain't paying $10 for no popcorn. Amen. But you go there and it just makes sense because everybody is finding their refuge in a football game. Say, say TV say sports. You say, is there anything wrong with it? No, if it connects you back to the Lord. Are y'all with me? But what if you don't have football anymore? What do you do? What if you don't have, see, that, that hurt right there. What if you don't have ESPN? Dun, 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 dun. What if you don't have that? What if you can't hear that melody for like three years straight? Will you go crazy? Sometimes work can be our refuge. Sometimes work is an escape for some people. You ain't talking to me. So you work overtime to escape your real life. Y'all ain't talking. I, don't, I know y'all don't do that. Y'all don't. Tell your name, but y'all don't do that. But there's some other people that might do that. They always got to work, getting extra hours. Why? Because they're trying to escape home. And it makes more sense to say I'm going to work than say I got to come back and face you. Amen. I'm trying to get money for you, girl. That's why I keep doing it. No, you're not. You just can't stand, you just want to have an excuse. So when you come home, all you got to do is say, I'm going to sleep. I'm tired. Right? Come on. Can I get an amen? Work can become a refuge as a place, especially for some parents. Amen. You've been with your kids all week and you say, Lord, I can't do it anymore. And so you, you, you say, I'm glad they're going back to school and I'm going to work because I don't got to see them. Amen. For at least a couple hours. I know we love our kids, but you know, kids can be a little worrisome sometimes. They can weigh on you. So tell your neighbor, say refuge. They work. So what we got so far? Work. We got food. We have shopping. We have sports. We have all of these things that can cause or seem like it's a refuge. Here goes another thing, drugs. Drugs are a refuge. Well, I know it gets quiet in the house because everybody like, nobody don't do drugs. But, you know, there's some people that have full-time jobs that are addicted to drugs. And you know what? 
And you say, well, I ain't on drugs, but you, we addicted to caffeine. Can I get amen? We, we taking all this NyQuil, taking a little bit extra just to get so we can sleep good. Amen. Tell your neighbor's name, but we cannot be addicted to anything but Jesus. So, so what's your refuge? Is your refuge drugs? Is your refuge drugs? Is your refuge food? Is your refuge sleep? Somebody said, Pastor, you, now you're gonna be, it's going to be hard to help me understand why sleep is not a refuge. Because there should never be anything that comes before him. Can I tell you this? There are some of us, we can sleep for 14 hours a day, and we will still be oppressed. Because the issue is not we're getting sleep. The issue is our soul can't rest. And until you make him your refuge, the issues in your soul won't be dealt with. Have you ever went to sleep and said, I'm going to try to sleep this problem away, and as soon as you wake up, the first thing you're thinking about is, oh, here it go again. And you said, I got to face another day, and I got to face them all over again. <laughs> Y'all ain't talking to me. At least in your dreams, you can get away from it. Everybody likes you in your dreams. Aren't dreams fun? I mean, everybody likes you. Everybody's patting you on the back. You're getting promotions every two seconds in your dreams. Money's just coming out, growing out of trees. You just got, got money trees in the back of your house. You got the biggest house ever. Then you got to wake up. And you got to face life all over again. And you say, no, I can't. Then, and like I said, if, you, if you're not getting up from sleep, you're talking about going back to sleep. Amen. You're getting up. Well, I can't. That was some good sleep. Two seconds later at work. I can't wait. I get home so I can get back in the bed. If you're not going to sleep, you're getting up from sleep. Amen. And so we, we have to make sure that sleep is not our refuge. The Lord does give his beloved rest, but amen, that there should be nothing that takes the place of God. But what I'm trying to say is that Ruth, she found her refuge in the Lord. She was going through a very stressful moment in her life. Her husband again had died, but she found her refuge in who? The Lord. And so the other thing, obviously there's some other things that are a little bit more touchy, but I'll say it. Sometimes we find our refuge in sex. Come on, y'all ain't talking to me. Let me go to this side. We ain't being real. Some people find their refuge, and they say, this is my refuge, and nothing else don't work out for me. I'm going to take care of this. But how many of you know that you can do all that and still be ready to take your life? pornography, whatever it is, all of these things can become refuges. They're false refuges, places that we run to when we're in trouble. And, and I got this little box right here. Can you help me with that, brother? I got this little box because my, my big question is we just start off, it's, it's, it's just what are you running to when you're in trouble? What, 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 what's your first aid kit? I mean, what's the first thing you go to when you're hurting, when you're distressed? Can I tell you this? It's easier said than done because a lot of us, sometimes we even go to social media. Y'all ain't talking to me. And social media is our drug. And four hours after the clock is ran out, we're 6 o'clock, we start at 10 o'clock, it's the, the, the sun down now. And we still on social media looking at who got married, who got engaged, and who, who, who's talking about Kanye and all that stuff. And, 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 and we, we follow everybody. We say, where did four hours go? It went in our favorite drug, Instagram. That's our refuge. And can I tell you this? We can hide and look. It can look like it's the Lord as our refuge. But when it comes down to can I tell you how you know what's your refuge? What can be taken from you right now? 
and you would lose sleep over because you don't have it. Do you know if some of us got our phones taken away right now, we would be fidgety throughout this whole service? Because we just like touching our iPhone. Oh, it's just bringing so much rest. Some of us might touch our phone 50 to 100 times a day for nothing. We just, I just want to make sure you're still there. I'm here. Siri say, I'm here. But, but my point is, what, what do we run into? What's our first day? In the, in the Old Testament, in the Old Covenant, thank you, in the Old Covenant, whenever they ran to the refuge, that was a place of safety. They would have cities of refuge where when they went to these places of refuge, no one could kill them. No one could touch them because they were in a safe zone. Where do you run when you want to feel safe? That is our refuge. And I know it can be easier said than done. All of us in here could go through traumatic events in our life that have had us running. But the question is, are we running to him or are we running to things? So Ruth ran to the Lord. Tell your neighbor, say, Ruth ran to the Lord. And so, number one, what, what, what does that mean? Making the Lord your refuge. How does that look? I believe the first thing it means is that you are settled. Say you're settled. Now, fill in that blank. Number one, if you got your outline, it means you're settled. It means that you're not here and there, but you are committed. You are, you are sold out. You have settled. The Bible says in James chapter 1, verse 5, uh, actually, verse, actually, yeah, we'll go to verse 5. It says that a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. He's unsettled in all of his ways. It means you're back and you're forth. When you make him your refuge, I really believe that means you don't have any other refuge. There's only one refuge. It says, it says in James 1 verse 5, let me go there really quickly. James 1 verse 5, you can help me on the screen. It says, if you need wisdom, ask, for, ask our generous God, and he will do what? Give it to you. He will not what? Rebuke you for asking. Verse 6 says, but when you ask him, be sure that you're what? It's in God alone. Do not waver or for a person with divided or commitment, I believe, is as what? Unsettled as a wave of the sea that is blown and tossed by the what? Verse 7, this is a word for some of you. Such people should not expect to receive anything from the what? I believe when we go all in with God. He will go all in with us. It doesn't mean he loves us less if he doesn't. But if you look at Scripture, it says, draw nigh to him, and he will draw nigh to you. But we have to be settled in him. Say settled. The other thing it says in Isaiah 26, verse 3, it says that those who keep their minds stayed on him, those who trust in him, that he will keep them in perfect what? Peace. Say perfect peace. Say, it's not just average peace. Say, it's perfect peace. So, I believe that that's the settling of our soul. So, when we trust Him, this is kind of a benefit, really, but when we trust Him, it means that we are settled. We're settling in on God. I'm sitting on you. I'm relying on you. I know things around me are going crazy, but I'm still resting in you to bring my reward, to bring revenge, if need be, to bring restoration. So, number one, settled. Number two, seeking. It means you're seeking the Lord. When we are trusting the Lord or we've made the Lord our refuge, it means that we are seeking Him. Say, seek Him. I just talked about what do we run to when we're in trouble. In Psalms chapter 34, verse 10, in the Amplified Version, it tells us something. It says, in Psalms 34, verse 10, Amplified, it says that those, the young lions lack food and suffer hunger, but they who do what? Inquire of and require the Lord by right of the 
their need and on the authority of his word, none of them shall what? Look at what it says in the New Living Translation. It says, but even strong lions sometimes do what? But those who trust in the Lord will lack what? No good thing. Isaiah 8 verse 19 says in the Amplified Version, Isaiah 8 verse 19, it talks about seeking and trust being basically the same thing. Isaiah chapter 8 verse 19. Go there really quickly for me. It says, someone may say to you, let's ask the mediums and those who consult the spirits of the dead with their whisperings and mutterings. They will tell us what to do. But shouldn't people ask who for guidance? It says, we should ask God for guidance. Should the living seek guidance from the dead? Look at it in the Amplified. Look at it in the Amplified. It says, and when the people, instead of putting their what? So whatever you seek out for counsel, that's what you trust. And the question is, are we seeking God for counsel more than we're seeking the enemy in the world. And it says, it says, consult for direction. Mediums and wizards who chirp and mutter should, should not a people seek and consult who? And in, in Proverbs 3, verse 5, it tells us something else. Very familiar scripture. It says, trust in the Lord with all, with all your what? And all your heart. And do not depend on your what? Own understanding. I believe it's very important that we trust him with all of our heart. So seeking him, that's how we seek him, by trusting him. So we're settled, we're seeking him, and here goes the third thing, we're serving. Say serving. Serving. Say serving. Ruth could not serve Naomi without trusting the Lord. I don't believe she could, she could serve him. Do you know why? Because if you're dependent on people to make you happy, then people can stop you from serving them. And her joy came from trusting in the Lord. I don't do this because I love you so much. I do it because I love him so much. And because I trust in him so much, I can serve a bitter woman. Y'all ain't talking to me. I can serve a bitter woman. That's how she was able to serve her. And see, it's even, it's even in our daily lives, maybe in our family, on our jobs, in church, a lot of times we get caught up in people being our source of joy and people being our source of peace and people being our source of happiness rather than making the Lord our joy, rather than making the Lord our peace. And as soon as somebody offends us, we stop serving them. Why? Because we're dependent on them to refresh us instead of God. But when we are a tree, our source comes from somewhere else. It comes underground. Y'all ain't talking to me. It comes from an unseen source. And that's how, that's how I believe Ruth was able to serve this bitter woman to the point this woman started helping her. This woman started teaching her how to get into the favor of Boaz. Tell your neighbor, say, neighbor, I can serve people when I trust him. Your relationship with him will determine your relationship with them. I can tell you right now that in our lives, most of the times as believers, the reason why we struggle with giving out and we say, I'm going to start being stingy, I'm going to start being greedy, I'm going to start hoarding, I ain't giving no more, it's because our source is no longer God. It's ourselves or it's other people. Say neighbors and neighbors, you got you to stay connected. So trusting him allows us to serve them. You know why? You know, if, if I'm going to tell you right now, I think anybody who's been serving the Lord and serving people for a while, they know that people are imperfect. Amen. 
And that as soon as you give people, see, it's, it's interesting because Elder Taylor helped me out. You know, we get in the mode sometimes of serving people. I'm going to give you something. But in the back of our head, we kind of like, if I gave you something, then you should give me something. Okay. If I compliment you, if I say your blue suit look nice, and I say, why are you trying to wear a blue suit like me? But that's another story. But if I, if, I, if I give you a compliment and I say your suit is nice, then I'm, I'm kind of looking like, so. Don't we do it? Because most of the time, we, we serve people with strings attached. That's what we do. We're looking for something to come back and return. That's, that's why sometimes a whole generation, some people are ready to kill themselves if they don't get enough likes on Instagram. Because they're like, you, you should be liking me and praising me and, 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 and salute. And there's nothing wrong with it. But sometimes Jesus said, if they hated me, they'll hate, hate you. Sometimes there's haters that will come. And uh, so anyway, let's keep doing it, Elder. So I, I give you a compliment. Amen. <laughs> yeah. See, you're like, oh, I feel good. It feels good while it's happening, but what's the problem? He's my refuge. You didn't get what I said. He's my place, because the refuge brings you joy. He's the place that brings me joy, not him. And so I, I give him some money. Here goes some money. You give me some money. See? See? See, that's the string attached. But then over a while, sometimes God will have you serving people like a Naomi who ain't giving you nothing. Amen. And you, I'm just showing you, because Ruth wasn't getting nothing out of the relationship with Naomi, but she was still serving her. See, can you still commit when you ain't getting nothing out of it? Are y'all with me? Joseph was engaged to Mary. Let me step back. Stay an example. Joseph was engaged to Mary, and she found, he found out that homegirl was pregnant. And he was engaged, or he was committed. Look at what I'm about to say. He was committed to her. Found out she was pregnant. And she said it's because of the Holy Ghost. Well, she might not even say it. He didn't even know. He said, who came in? What other guy she got in her life? Let me see who's been getting her DMs. And so, so he, he, said, well, he said, but the Bible says, in order not to publicly disgrace her, he said he was going to do it quietly. So he was about to break it off, but he had a dream. And the Lord came to him and said, boy, you better not leave that girl. And so what happens, he came back out of the dream, and he committed to her. And the Bible says that in the meantime, listen, listen to this, listen to this. Listen, I'm going to keep this G. The Bible says, in the meantime, Joseph was committed to her without basically having physical relations with her. In other words, he was committing to her without getting anything. Y'all ain't talking to me. But he stayed committed to her, and he allowed the Holy Spirit to do in her life what she was called to birth. Can you stay with somebody long enough to see what God wants to be birthed in their life? Birth, even if you don't get nothing out of it, even if you don't get praise, even if you don't get... Y'all ain't talking to me. Can you commit when you're not getting anything out of it so that the Holy Spirit can do his work in somebody's life? That's what happened. The Holy Spirit birthed Jesus through her. 
And he helped to get her to the place she was supposed to be. Because can I tell you this? As a tree, I believe we don't just bear fruit just to look pretty and say, look at my fruit. But we bear fruit for other people to come eat off of. Paul said, it's my comfort that helps to bring you comfort. What I'm going through is going to help you. What I'm bearing in my life is going to help you. See, a lot of people, I, I, I just want the fruit to be for me. But what if God said, I called you to be a tree where people can eat off of till they get healed? So, 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 what I'm going to say is that you keep giving, but this time when you give, he's having a bad day. He had a bad day at work. Amen. He, he, he had a bad day at work. This is not Elder Taylor, but, you know, his, you know, it's not Missionary Taylor, but his wife might not treat him. Missionary Taylor treats him good. Amen. But let's just say in the case, there's another guy named John Doe. His wife not treating him good. And you give to him, give it to him again. And you, you got your hand out because you want something, but this time he don't go back like this. Go back like this. He snatched back. He say, I thought we were boys. See, that's Naomi right there. She bitter. She said, I, I thought we were cool. Then you say, oh, maybe he didn't get the picture. Let me give it to him one more time. See, sometimes your giving can become manipulation. Yeah. You're serving people to manipulate them. So give me my praise. I, I want praise. What in the world? I'm working like a slave for this woman, and she can't even say I'm a good man. Here. But see, your trust is in her. Your refuge is in her because she might not tell you, oh, you just my Superman today, every day. She might not tell you that. And that's when you need to go to the refuge of the Lord, and he'll tell you that you're blessed to Hollywood. Because can I be honest? He may not tell you, girl, you look good coming off them steps. He might not have told you that in two years. But your refuge has to be the Lord. Married couples, can I get an amen? Do you always get all the compliments you want? That's what I'm saying. And that's why your refuge, so you, so you won't give them the five-fold ministry and so you won't cut them, it has to be, <laughs> it has to be in the Lord. That's what makes it so bad is that you, sometimes you go out to the, the restaurant and they get a compliment sometimes before you do. Oh, I just love the way you serve and it's just so, how dare you compliment them in front of me. I like your hair. You ain't told me you like my hair in three years. I like the way you hold the door open. You're such, a, you're such a man. You're such a gentleman. And we haven't said anything to our husband for years. And you want him to come home smiling, full of joy. But he can only do that when his refuge is the Lord. I'm helping you out. That's why people say, my, I just want to get my relationships right. Your relationships can only be as strong as your relationship with him. Because he's perfect. So you keep giving out. You keep giving out, and you ain't getting nothing back. See, connect days when people sign up to serve. And when you sign up to serve, you're not signing up to serve to get something back. You're signing up to serve so somebody can birth something in somebody. So, somebody, so God can remove bitterness out of somebody's life. So God can birth something by the Holy Spirit in their life. That's why we serve, so people can come to Jesus. We can't compare. I gave you 50 compliments, and you ain't giving me one. Then you start having a scorecard. You ain't done nothing for me. You ain't even came to my birthday lately. I come to your birthday and give you $100 every time. We're mine. 
You know why? Because we're still looking for something. And our refuge should be in the Lord. But let me show you what you should do. This is what Ruth did. Come here, Elder. Come here, Elder. This is how it really should look. See, if, you're, if your refuge is the Lord, if he's got your back, if he's your support system and not who you're serving, not Naomi, y'all ain't talking to me. If he's who you rely on, this is how it should be. Even when they don't give you something, don't give me anything back. You say, oh, thank you, sir. Thank you, Lord. I got my joy still. <laughs> y'all ain't talking to me. It, it, here you go. Here you go. Can I... Oh, thank you, Lord. He Because as you take care of his business, he'll take care of your business as you make him your refuge. And the problem is some of us have not found him to be our refuge, so we're struggling fulfilling his call. But the devil is the liar. I have a refuge who I can trust in, who I can cry with, who I can praise, who I can rejoice in, and he's the king of kings and the Lord of lords. Come on, give a praise to Jesus. Hallelujah. So the question is, who have you made your refuge? Is there benefits to making the Lord your refuge? Number one is strength. Say strength. He'll give you strength. He will give you strength. He will give you strength. You know how you know it's his strength? Because you don't know how you're still strong. If you can't figure out your strength, it's probably his strength. People, 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 you know what a compliment to God is? People say, you don't look like what you've been through. See, that's supernatural strength. If you would have talked to Ruth, you probably never would have been able to figure out through her conversation she was serving a bitter woman. But it was the strength, I believe, she was finding from the Lord that kept her. I can't find any scripture where she's ever complaining. She's always got this good attitude positive attitude. Why? Because the Lord, I believe, was her what? Refuge. Refuge. So say strength. Okay. Number two, here goes another benefit. Security. Say security. Naomi was talking about security, but there's a security found in the Lord. And, and for 2 Timothy chapter 1, it's actually verse, I got verse 20, but it's actually verse 12. The Bible says that he will, he will take care of what I commit to him. How many know God will keep what you commit? Say your name, neighbor. God will keep what you commit. Some of us are like, God, I want you to take care. I want you to take care of, of my family, and I want you to take care of my finances, and I want you to take care of my job. He says, but have you given it to me yet? Have you committed it to me? Because when you commit it to me, that's when I can fully put my hands on it, and I can take care of it. So say security. And I believe the last thing but one of the benefits is you have supernatural success. Say supernatural success. The Bible says that you will prosper in everything you do. Psalms chapter 1, verse 3. You will prosper in everything you do. Ruth, I believe, was beginning to prosper as she took the Lord to be a refuge. Look at Ruth chapter 2, verse, verse 15. Ruth chapter 2, verse 15, and we're closing. Ruth chapter 2, verse 15. It says in Ruth 2, it says, when Ruth... Went back to work again. Boaz did what? All her what? His, all his young men let her do what? In other words, he was making a way up for her. I, I declare God is making a way for some of you. As you stay committed without any strings attached, he's going to take care of what you didn't ask for. 
It may be seeker petitions, but he's going to answer them. Y'all ain't talking to me. He says, he says, let her gather grain right among the sheaves without what? Uh, look at this, verse 16. It says, and pull out some what? Barley. From the, get, her some, get her some biscuits, amen, from Biscuitville. From the bundles and drop them on what? In other words, he was favoring her. Let her pick them up and don't give her what? Lord, keep, keep your hands off of her. Don't mess with her. That happened. That happened. And so, so Ruth goes in, and now she's working, but she's got, the, she's got assistance from a man named Boaz. And if a man named Boaz can give that much assistance, how much more can God Almighty give assistance? Where he will say, y'all, where he will tell somebody, even in a, in a dream if he has to, you cannot fire them. You need them. And they had an attitude with you on Monday, but on Tuesday, they got all smiles because the Lord dealt with their heart and told them, don't you put your hands on them. Keep your hands off of them because I'm making a way for them to prosper and to be successful. Can I just say this about success? Success is not determined by man. It's determined by God. It's based on a word from God. I believe that when we make him our refuge, we will be successful by his definition. So today the question is, who have we made our refuge? We're closing, but who have we made our refuge? We have to refuse to leave his refuge. One of the signs that we believe he's our refuge and it's connected to him being our refuge is that we praise him. Say we praise him. See, one of the signs that I believe he's, he's your refuge and our refuge, can I get my praise on? If I can't praise him, then that's a sign I made something else my refuge. Because I believe whatever you praise is your refuge. If you praise money, money is your refuge. If you praised your children, your children have become your refuge. But what has become or what is your refuge? You know, some of us, and I believe this is the word for some of you, Orpah returned to her past. She returned to what she left. When she faced trouble, she returned back to what she was brought out of. And I believe there's some of us today, it's not even necessarily sin, but they're old seasons that you're trying to relive again. Because you're more comfortable in an old season than you are a new season. Because in an old season, you really don't have to trust God. But in a new season, God is all you got. Can I help you get delivered today? to know to let go of that old season because there's a Boaz coming, there's a new season coming, there's fruit coming in your life that's going to help heal Naomi, restore. Can I tell you, there's something better and bigger coming. If you will just let go of the old season, say, let go of it, let go of it. You don't even hear about Orpah after she returned back to her old association. You don't even hear about her. Can I tell you this? Sometimes your past always looks good when you're going through fires in your present. <sighs> but don't let the temporary pain keep you from a blessed future. Can I say this to you? Don't let the temporary pain keep you from a blessed future. In Exodus 2, they were groaning before God saying, God, this slavery is so bad. The children of Israel, they said, it's bad, God. It's terrible, God. It's, it's not good. That was an old season. And when they got in the wilderness, they got so confused, they started saying it was better for us back in Egypt. 
wait a minute, isn't that what God just brought you out of? What then, did, weren't you just complaining about that? But sometimes the enemy will have you stuck in your past, making your past look better than your future. But the devil is a liar. Every lie that will try to make you go back to an old season, because he's afraid of what you'll do in your new season. I declare it's being broken right now. I declare the enemy right now is running because your new season is looking better than your old season. In your old season, your husband died. In your old season, you didn't have any money. But in your new season, God is prospering you. In your new season, you have security. In your new season, you're walking in your calling. But you got to let go. You can't be an orpah. It's hard to let go of your old season when you're still trusting in people. It's when God becomes your refuge that you can say no to your past. She had every right to go back. And some of you are stuck right now. You say it was comfortable back then. Get over it. God is bringing you into something new. Yes, it might have been more comfortable back then to have my dad speaking, and I could be youth pastor. Yes, it might have been more comfortable, but it's not what God had planned. This is the season he's called Joshua Lockett to walk in. It doesn't matter because comfort is not always the confirmation of your calling. I'm just going to need him like I never needed him before. I'm just going to have to pray like I never prayed before. I'm just going to have to fast like I never fasted before. Yes, there are people double my age that I have to minister to, but they're not my refuge. The Lord is my refuge. Even when I don't get a good message, Pastor, he's still my refuge, and he will keep me. He will keep me. So what are you trying to hold on to your past? What's a past comfort that you had? A past relationship that you had. If I can just be in a relationship with this person, everything will be better. Let it go. At my old job, this happened and that happened. Let it go. What if God has a business for you in this new season? The safest place in the whole wide world is in the will of God. It's in the will of God. Jeremiah 17, verse 8 says, and I close with this. Jeremiah 17, verse 8. Stand on your feet. Jeremiah 17, verse 8 says this. 17, verse 8. Jeremiah 17, verse 8. It says, they are like trees planted. Say planted. Along a river bank with roots that reach deep. Say deep. Into the water. Such trees are not bothered by the heat or worried by months of drought. By long months of drought. Their leaves stay green. In other words, they stay healthy, and they never stop producing fruit. That's the power of your plant. That's the power of your When everybody else is losing their mind, you have peace. When everybody else's marriage is breaking down, your marriage stays strong. When everybody else's family is becoming dysfunctional, God holds your family together. Why? Because you've not planted in a man. You've not planted in a job. You've not planted in any other resource but God who is your source. I dare you to give him praise right now. I dare you to give him worship right now. I dare you. I dare you. I dare you. If you know he's got everything under control, I dare you to praise him like you believe he's got everything under control. Hallelujah. Come on, hallelujah. Hallelujah. He's your refuge. 
He's your refuge. He's your refuge. He's your refuge. He's your refuge. He's your refuge. He's your refuge. Not your past. Not your past. He's your refuge. Hallelujah. So with every head bowed, every eye closed, I want to give an opportunity for those in this room. I don't want to let this moment pass without getting an opportunity for those of you in this room that say, the Lord is not my refuge. There have been some other things that I've tried to make my refuge, and I've been depending on other things to be my source of joy and peace. But today I want to surrender afresh to the Lord. I want to recommit myself to him without any strings attached, just because he's deserving of it. And I believe that as I commit everything that I have issues about in my life, every problem I have, every concern I have, that he will perfect that which concerneth me. So today is a step of faith. It's a step of trust. It's a step of dependency. It's saying, Lord, I plant in you. Whether it's good times or bad times, I plant, I commit to you. Every head bow, every eye closed. When I count to three, if that's you, you might have gone through the death of a loved one like Ruth did. You, you might have faced tragedy, but today you say, I commit in the Lord. I come back, I recommit myself to the Lord, and I'm going to serve him for the rest of my days. One, if that's you, get ready. I'm going to pray with you. Pray for you if that's you. Raise your hand and slip your hand up when I get to three, if that's you. Two, hallelujah, this is your opportunity. And I believe, I declare that as God, as you raise your hand, God is moving on your behalf. Peace is rushing in your life. Joy is rushing in your life when you recommit to him. Three, slip your hand up if that's you. Slip your hand up. I'm going to pray with you, pray for you if that's you. You say, I just need to recommit myself. I need to replant back to the Lord. That's you. I want you to slip your hand up high. Slip it up high if that's you. Glory to God. I want to give this opportunity. I don't want to let this moment pass. Hallelujah. Without giving everyone in this room an opportunity to make a conscious decision to commit to the Lord. I'm looking around right now. If there's anybody's hands that's up, just lift it up high so I can see it. Hallelujah. You feel the Lord tugging on your heart. Hallelujah. This is your opportunity. Lord, we just thank you right now for your grace is sufficient and your power works best in our weakness. And Lord, we thank you today that we don't have to depend on ourselves, but that we can depend on you because you are a present help in the time of trouble. We thank you for this right now in Jesus' mighty name. Come on, give a shout of praise to Jesus if you believe it. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you for tuning in to this week's show. Were you empowered to become a team player? Let us know. Connect with us on social media, on Twitter and Instagram at Triad Christian. Facebook, Triad Christian Center. And you can also visit our website, triadchristiancenter.org. We look forward to hearing from you and invite you back next week to the Movement Podcast.